Hello and welcome to Michigan State University College of Osteopathic Medicine, the statewide campus system for our monthly med ed transformation podcast and presentations. Um, today's presentation is for continuing medical education credit, both uh, 1AOA, 1A credit and 1AMA PRA category one credit. Uh, there are no conflicts of interest to uh, present uh, this afternoon, and I'm pleased to welcome Miss um, uh, Julia Stevens, who is a registered dietitian nutritionist, a health coach, and owner of Active Nutrition, a virtual private practice located in Metro Detroit. Julia completed her education at Alma College and the University of Michigan School of Public Health. With close to 20 years of experience working in weight management and chronic disease management, she is passionate about helping individuals and families create healthier and realistic lifestyles for the long haul. We invited her here today um, to talk to us about the four P's of making health meals simple. This is both for ourselves as healthcare providers and something that we can teach our patients going forward. Uh, Julia, thanks so much for being here with us today, and I will uh, pass it over to you. Okay, thank you so much. Um, I'm very excited to be here today um, to talk about the four Ps. I, um, I created the four Ps after years and years of saying a lot of the same things to my patients that were focused on preventive health care. Um, there are so many there's so much nutrition information out there that it gets a little confusing, um, not only for us as health practitioners, but also, also to our patients. Um, it's hard to siphon through all that information and really figure out what's most important. And so a few years ago, I, I decided to put together um, this program called the four P's um, just to give us a little bit more focus so that when we feel like we're getting overwhelmed, um, whether that's for ourselves and our own families or um, to guide our patients towards making healthier choices, we have a little bit more of a clear roadmap where we can say, okay, am I hitting the basics? Um, and so that's really how the four Ps came about is I just wanted to be able to hand patients something that was a little bit clearer, that made a little bit more sense um, and was easy for them to really say, okay, hey, I can do this. Um, it didn't feel so overwhelming. And I think that's one thing with nutrition um, that we've, I'm sure have all experienced is that it seems to be um, a, a focus of extremes with nutrition. We tend to go one way or the other. Um, and so really kind of meeting in the middle with the four P's was my goal and finding a plan that was more sustainable. Um, and so that is my goal for today is to really just teach you the four P's, um, what it is, why it's important, and most of all, how do we implement it? How do we take that knowledge and actually put it into practice? Um, so I'm going to go ahead and bring it up and we will um, go through each of these P's. Um, all right, so here we go. Um, so as I mentioned, we're objectives for today are just to identify the four P's, um, what they are, why they're important, and then we can brainstorm at the end today 
how do we implement that into our life? And I'm going to be doing, um, I'm going to have everybody here do a little bit of a, a mini case study on yourself. I feel like that's the best way to really um, think about this and how it's actually going to work is to kind of use it as a self-evaluation tool. So we'll do that at the end today. Um, I definitely welcome questions. So if you have any questions along the way, feel free to interrupt. Um, you can also throw questions in the chat box and, um, and we can get to them as we go through the, the presentation today. All right. So the first P, the first P is produce first. We have to have produce um, and we have to have it throughout the day. I don't know how many clients I've worked with where we look at their food logs and they're having vegetables at dinner and that's about it. Um, we need to make sure that produce is incorporated at, at most meals and snacks. So I want you to get into that habit of every time you sit down to have a meal, every time you go grab a snack, every time you're packing your lunch for work the next day, I want you to think, where's the produce? Do I have produce? How can I include produce? And this is a little uncomfortable and awkward at first because we live in a culture American culture that really puts a lot of emphasis on meat and potatoes. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with meat and potatoes, but we want to bring in more fruits and, and vegetables. Um, and so we want to get into more of that habit of really thinking produce first, do I have fruits or vegetables or both every time we sit down for a meal or a snack? Okay. So that is number one. Now, why is that important? Um, well, fruits and vegetables have the largest nutrient density per bite of any of our other food groups, okay? So fruits and vegetables have the most vitamins, the most minerals, the most antioxidants, um, other phytonutrients, some we might not even know about yet, right? They have the most dense nutrients of any other food group. So it just makes sense that we would eat them more often, right? From a health perspective, we need to get in more fruits and vegetables. On the flip side, they have the lowest calorie density. <laughs> so if we're working around weight management, which is probably about 90% of my current practice, uh, most of my clients initially reach out uh, because you know, their physicians or just they themselves are, are uncomfortable with their current weight. Um, increasing fruits and vegetables in the diet is naturally going to decrease the overall calorie density of their day. Okay. Um, and so we really want to make sure that we're um, tapping into that. Um, you know, dieting in and of itself is a world of restriction. We're always thinking about we, what we can't have or what we shouldn't have or what we should have less of. When we focus on fruits and vegetables, it's about adding. It's about addition. It's about bringing more in. And so what a great mindset to have. What a great place to start is saying, okay, I want you to eat more. I want you to eat more of these fruits and vegetables. Um, it's a great mindset shift when it comes to food because Again, typically we think of a world of restriction um, when it comes to weight loss. And that doesn't necessarily have to be the case if we start with produce first. Okay. Um, the, the slide here shows a little bit of the next point, which is volume. So we can think back to the whole idea of volumetrics. 
Um, Dr. Barbara Rolls kind of coined the term, the volumetrics diet. She's from Penn State, has a, has a lot of great cookbooks out there if you're interested in this idea. Um, but the idea was eating for volume. So we tend to eat a, a similar volume of food every day, right? Our stomach is comfortable being stretched to a certain point to that feeling of fullness or satiety. Um, and so if we can have more fruits and vegetables, we can have that same volume of food, again, with a lower overall density. So lower calorie density, but more nutrients. Um, so really looking at increasing fruits and vegetables to keep that volume of food similar. Um, so some fun examples. <laughs> I'm always one for real life examples. And so I'm using pictures because we're virtual still. Um, but great example of 100 calories. Okay. So 100 calories of our Lay's potato chips, which of course everybody loves, they're delicious. Um, but 100 calories doesn't get you much. That's less than a serving. It's about, according to the label, it's about two thirds of a serving. Okay. So this is like the handful that you would grab out of the bag on your way to the couch at night, right. To, to binge watch some, some of your favorite shows. It's not much. It doesn't get you very far. Um, in fact, it, in my opinion, it really just tends to whet your appetite for more, right. You just want more chips, um, after that handful. So it's, it's getting you primed to have a larger, um, portion size than probably what we should have um, on a really small amount, okay? And very high calorie density. On the flip side, okay, not very comparable, I will agree, but broccoli, 100 calories of broccoli is almost 10 ounces. It's about nine-ish ounces of broccoli, according to the, the bag that I purchased. So it's um, close to three cups of broccoli florets. That's a ton of broccoli, right? Um, it would be difficult to sit down and eat all of that raw broccoli in one sitting. I think your jaw would get tired before you were done. Um, it's a lot, okay? But think of all the nutrients you're getting compared to the chips. Think of how full that would feel in your stomach compared to a small handful of chips, okay? So just another kind of real-life example to drive at home when we're looking at produce, you can have so much more of it. And if broccoli is not your favorite, right, pick something else. But um, the idea is, is that having that fresh fruits, vegetables, you're getting such, such a larger portion size than you would of something that's more highly processed or higher in fat. Um, one more example. This is my favorite one. So looking at the chocolate um, versus strawberries. So hundred calories of Hershey Kisses gets you about four and a half Hershey Kisses, right? So this is like that little tiny handful that you grab from the candy bowl in the lounge, <laughs> right? And you quickly throw them in your mouth. You don't remember having that hundred calories. It doesn't register. It doesn't, you know, your stomach's not going to tell your brain, Hey, I just ate hundred calories worth of chocolate. I should be good for an hour. That's not how it works, right? We have to have that volume there. Um, versus a hundred calorie of strawberries is that whole container of strawberries. Okay. It's a lot of strawberries. That's really filling. Um, and it's also really delicious, right? I don't know about you, but I love a good fresh strawberry. Um, so really satisfying. The fiber there is really going to fill you up. It's going to give you again, that stretch in the stomach, which is going to give you more of a feeling of satiety. Okay. So what we could do is kind of think also about how do we combine these two, <laughs> melt the chocolate, 
drizzle, drizzle it over those strawberries and enjoy them together. Still a pretty moderate snack. It's going to taste great, but still give you the volume, right? Including that produce with our favorite treat, like chocolate kisses, um, is going to make it overall a lot more satisfying and give you a lot more staying power, right? It's going to hold you over a lot longer than just a few Hershey kisses. All right. Make sense. All right. So that is the first P, produce first. Our second P is all about protein. So we really want to think here about spreading things out through the day. Again, similar to produce. In America, we tend to have a large meal at the end of the day. Okay. It tends to be heavier, heavier protein, heavier starch. That protein is important, but what we want to think about is instead of having a large amount of it at the end of our day, we want to think about spreading that protein out through the day, okay? Protein takes longer to digest in the stomach, similar to the fiber in your fruits and vegetables. So it gives you a, a larger feeling of satiety um, over time, right? It's going to give you a longer a longer stretch of that meal or snack if it includes some protein. Um, it's also going to slow digestion, meaning that you're going to have better blood sugar management, um, which I would relate also to better energy, right? We're just going to feel a little bit better. So if we can get protein, just like with our produce at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, instead of having a large amount at the end of the day, spreading it out, we're going to get a lot more staying power. Okay, we're going to have better blood sugars. And I'm one to argue that even if you don't have a diagnosis of prediabetes um, or diabetes, um, better blood sugar management is just going to help in terms of energy, right? We should all be eating a little bit more balanced to help us with that energy through the day, to help us manage our hunger better through the day. Um, and in a fast, paced career like healthcare, right? We need all the help we can get with that. And so really trying to mix and match those meals a little bit so that the, we have that protein coming in, in in smaller amounts, but stretched out through the day is really going to help. So on this slide, obviously there's a lot of different protein sources. We can focus on animal protein. We can focus on plant protein. We can do a mix of both you know, whatever's going to work best for you. I consider myself a flexitarian, which means some days I eat meat and some days I don't. It's a great place to live, right? Fewer rules. Um, but what that allows you is a lot more flexibility. So incorporating more beans, incorporating some soy, incorporating nuts and seeds along with your eggs and your cheese and your chicken and your yogurt and things like that. So we can find protein in a lot of those different products. Um, it just comes down to a lot of planning right? And so really thinking about, okay, how am I going to get that protein in through the day? Where is it going to fit? What products do I need to start purchasing or bringing into the home that are easier? We're going to get to that um, here in a little bit. But produce first, you've got to make sure there's fruits and vegetables on your plate or with you. Um, and then secondly, we want to start dragging that protein out throughout the day as well. Um, and that's meals. It could also be snacks though. You know, if you're working a long shift, you might need a larger afternoon snack, you know, between lunch and going home for dinner to get you through that afternoon hump, right? So adding almost like a mini meal where you're going to have some protein with your produce in the afternoon to give you that staying power and a little energy boost 
um, will definitely be helpful. Okay, so produce first, protein second. Um, our third slide here, our third P is portions always. So we really have to think about portion control. I can't tell you how many clients I've worked with um, virtually, which is amazing. Um, virtual sessions have been a godsend um, for dietitians because I'm actually teleported into everybody's homes and kitchens and I can really see what they're eating, um, what they're buying at the store. They can pull out those packages and share their labels with me. And I can't tell you how many times I've been working with clients where they say, Julia, I'm eating all this healthy food, right? I buy salmon, I buy chicken, I'm making salads. Um, I've got my, you know, sugar-free yogurt or whatever it might be. I'm, I'm buying all this great food, but I'm just not seeing the results, right? I'm not losing weight. I'm not, you know, I'm just not reaching those goals that, that we set out together. And it, almost always comes back to quantity. How much are you having, right? We still make need to make sure that our meals and our snacks are balanced. Um, and yes, right, we can have all the salmon in the world. That's great, but we can't have it all at once. <laughs> we really need to make sure that our plates are still somewhat in balance. And so really taking a look at how much we're having at a time. Um, our environment, our culture, again, is all about the meat and potatoes. And when we go to a restaurant or we have pasta, it's a plate of pasta, right? Or if we order chicken, it's a plate of chicken, right? That is the main part. And so what we need to do is just move those portions around a little bit rebalance them um, so that we are able to manage those portions, manage our calories that way too, without necessarily tracking every bite um, and help move us along towards our goals. So what might that look like? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I use something called the healthy eating plate, which is very similar um, in notion to Harvard's healthy eating plate. And so if you're looking for another web-based um, plate that you would want to share with patients. Harvard's is a great one. They have a great um, web page with a lot of education on there. So it's a great resource. Um, I like using this as my handout that I took a picture of. Excuse me. That's called the healthy eating plate. Um, what we want to make sure is that all of the food groups are here and they're represented, right? It's well balanced. But what we want to look at is where they are on this plate. So as I mentioned, we just want to get away from having that whole plate of mac and cheese right? Or that whole plate of chicken or steak or whatever it is and redistribute things in a little bit healthier way. So half of your plate, if you were to take your dinner plate at home and draw a line down the middle, you want half of that plate to primarily be non-starchy vegetables. Okay. So let's differentiate really quickly between starchy and non-starchy. So your starchy vegetables are going to be your potatoes, any type of potato. So that could be a red skin potato. That could be a sweet potato. That could be um, the little baby gold potatoes. It doesn't matter. Any type of a potato, um, corn or corn on the cob, peas, um, and winter squash. So things like acorn squash or butternut squash, those heavier squashes. Those are actually because they're so starchy, they're more similar in nutrient to a grain 
than they are to say lettuce. Okay. And so we differentiate them. So those starchy vegetables on our plate here would fall under the starch section or where that pasta is. Okay. Your non-starchy vegetables are everything else. So that's going to be all of your leafy greens, your broccoli, your cauliflower, your carrots, your um, peppers, your zucchini, or your summer squash, green beans, all of the rest of the vegetables are considered non-starchy. And those are what we want to fill up 50% of your plate with. Okay. Now, <laughs> realistic expectations. I don't expect all of you to go home tonight or wake up tomorrow morning and be like, okay, half my plate has to be non-starchy vegetables. This is the end goal. This is what we're working towards. Okay. I would argue that it's more important for you to just focus on getting vegetables or getting produce on your plate every meal, um, rather than focusing on amount. Um, but this is what we're shooting for. We're shooting for about half of your meal to be non-starchy vegetables. Okay. Um, if it's something like breakfast, um, fruit might be on there as well. You know, we tend to have more fruit in the morning. If you're going to put, you know, apples in your oatmeal or berries in your yogurt or something like that, um, for a breakfast meal, absolutely. But I'd also make a huge case for thinking about how you can incorporate some veggies with your breakfast. So if you're going to do, um, eggs, you know, throw some spinach in with them or some onions or some mushroom. Um, it doesn't have to be a lot, but just getting those vegetables in earlier in the day is really going to help. Um, it's hard when you save it all for night, the, for the evening meal, right? It's a lot of vegetables to get in at once. So like, can I have to put a question? Sorry to, yeah. sorry to interrupt. So we heard like one of the four P's being the produce and one of the four P's being the protein but there wasn't a P or an S saying that you have to have starch. How right. important is it to have starch in your diet, if at all? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So starches um, are kind of one of those hotly debated items <laughs> when it comes to creating a healthy diet. I would argue that they are important. Um, it's just about how much we have. Um, we've gone through periods um, in our American culture where they just put so much emphasis on the pasta and the bread and the rice. And it's not that it's bad for you. It's just that we're having too much. And so instead of having a whole plate of that, it really should only be a quarter. It really should just be a small amount. Um, we don't need a ton of it. Is it important? Absolutely. You know, those whole grain starches, um, carry a lot of fiber with them, magnesium. Um, there's a lot of nutrients that we can get from them, um, but we don't need as much as what, as what um, restaurants or, or media can kind of show that that normal meal would look like, okay? So it's really about redistributing how much. Um, most of my clients, when I'm um, putting together kind of a meal plan for them, we talk a lot about the macros um, or macronutrients. And so typically carbohydrate total will still be about 50% of your intake. But the reason for that is because there's, I put such an emphasis on the fruits and the vegetables that you're getting a lot of carbohydrate from your fruits and vegetables. Um, and then meals will have like this, a smaller amount of, of grain, um, or the starchy vegetables. So we want to make sure that we're including it. Um, we just don't want to have like half of our plate or the majority of our plate be a grain. 
Does Thank that you. help answer your question? It, no, it, it, it does. Like for, for me personally, I found like there are certain starches that just don't settle with me yeah. versus the ones that do. So like I'm thinking in my head, like the butternut squash and the sweet potatoes are the ones starchy wise that I have a tendency to go towards, but like pastas and breads and, and things like that are not in on my plate. Yeah, absolutely. And so, right. You can edit those choices to your own personal preference. Um, you know, I have a lot of clients that are nervous about having bread or pasta and it's more from a place of self-control. You know, they feel like, you know, if I have one piece of bread, that's going to, you know, cause me to really spiral. And I just don't feel like I have good control, um, over the portion size. It's going to be hard or cooking one, you know, half cup of pasta for myself seems silly. (laughs) So it's easier for me just to choose something else. Um, and that's absolutely fine. So kind of looking within that group and what makes sense for you, what would be easier? Um, and what feels good? Like you said, if, if certain, certain grains or certain, um, starchy vegetables are easier and make, and feel better to you then by all means stick with those. Um, one thing I'll say with the starches too, is they have a lot of those different little microwave pouches for different grains now. Um, so like uncle Ben's is a famous one, right? So uncle Ben's makes the little rice microwave pouches. Um, they do have brown rice, But there are a bunch of other brands. If you take a second to look in that section at the grocery store, there are a lot of different brands there now that um, are some of those ancient grains. And what's nice about it is it's a smaller portion in and of itself. So it might be two or three portions per packet. Um, So not quite as overwhelming as having a whole pot of pasta or rice. Um, And it gives you a chance to try some of those more ancient grains. So for example, there's farro, there might be quinoa, there might be barley or lentils. Um, So different types of things that you could kind of give a try in a 90 second microwave pouch. (laughs) And they do come unseasoned, which is also nice. So you can season them up um, or incorporate them into a meal, um, you know, whatever might work best. Um, So we want to make sure that we have some starch, you know, in there but it's, it really should only be about 25%, a quarter of that plate. And so what would that look like? So if you're trying to eyeball that, um, that would be about a fist size of starch. That's a kind of a good way to kind of eyeball that portion. So a fist size. So if you were kind of to make a fist with your hand, that would be the portion that you would want to fit on that quarter of the plate. So it's not a ton, um, but it's enough to give you a little bit of that sustained energy, right? Carbs are a great source of energy for our body. Um, And when we're pairing that with protein and with all the fiber from the non-starchy vegetables, it gives us that staying power, right? The protein and the fiber really helps slow that digestion, um, decrease that um, glucose response or the blood sugar after a meal right? So we're going to have a little bit more sustained energy if it's in this portion. Um, Whereas if it's a larger amount of carbohydrate, we can have a little bit more of that spike in blood sugar with a drop. And, And again, I'm talking about just normal individuals, you know, that is going to be even heightened if you have prediabetes, but in normal individuals, we see that blood sugar spike too. 
Um, and so balancing that plate is just going to help us feel better and have a little bit more energy through the day as well. So quarter of the plate carbohydrate, half the plate non-starchy vegetables. The other quarter of the plate is going to be our protein. And primarily, we want to put some emphasis on that lean protein, right? We want to really watch that saturated fat that kind of tags along with a lot of those animal proteins. Um, if you want to incorporate some vegetarian options here, that would be great too. So we could do beans, we could do soy, um, fish would be a great option as well. Um, if it was breakfast, again, this could be egg, um, you know, a lot of different choices here. But what we really want to focus on is how it's, how it's balanced, how it's put together. Um, protein would be about a palm size is the recommendation. So three to four ounces. My palm, if I could hop on video here, I would show you, but my palm is a little bit smaller. So mine's about a three ounce size. Okay. My husband's palm is bigger. So his is closer to a four and four ounce, five ounce portion, which would be great for him as a man. He needs a little bit because a higher protein need. Right. And so palm size is a great way to go off of for that, for that meal time. Um, so a palm of protein, a fist of carbohydrate or starch, and then fill the rest of that plate up with the non-starchy veggies um, or some fruit mixed in there as well. Okay. Any other questions about the healthy plate or portions in general? Okay. So produce first, protein second, portions always. We got to make sure we're getting our portion control in. Um, and the fourth is progress, not perfection. So much of what I do is really working around the mindset piece when it comes to eating, um, creating these healthy habits and helping people implement it in a way that feels sustainable. Um, when we talk about nutrition, especially for weight loss, it's such a all or nothing mentality, right? We're either doing it or we're not doing it. We're either on a diet or off a diet, right? We're either following the diet or we're having a cheat day. <laughs> it's like in this weird black and white, all or nothing kind of thinking. My argument is progress is found in that middle area, in that gray, right? That's where we want to live, where we're finding that we're, we can make progress. We're not going to be perfect all the time. We're human. Life happens. Your birthday is going to come. Now what? <laughs> the holidays are going to come. The summer, right? So we have to find some balance in all of it. And so I always say, hey, if you can just focus on making some progress, right? I'm doing a little bit better today than you did yesterday. Then you can say you're moving in the right direction. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. I would also argue that small, little, tiny steps add up to really big changes. So you don't have to focus on all four Ps all at once. Maybe you're going to start with fruit or vegetables, or you're going to say, hey, I'm just going to really concentrate on, on getting three different food groups on my plate <laughs> every dinner or every breakfast or every lunch. You might just start with packing your lunch, right? Whatever that might be, those small steps help create some momentum right? It helps build a little bit of that self-efficacy. 
um, and confidence. So you feel like, hey, if I can do this one little thing, maybe I can do one more little thing and then maybe one more. And before you know it, you've really built up a lot of great healthy habits um, that feel more sustainable than these drastic changes. Um, great example is New Year's uh, resolutions, right? January 1st, that's my busy season. Everybody comes looking for a dietitian for weight loss in January, right? They, everybody has these great intentions. They're going to start working out an hour a day. They're going to start tracking all their food and eating, eating clean, right? Awesome. I'm here for it. Absolutely. The problem is, is that it's so much all at once that very few of my clients are able to keep up with that for the long haul. Okay, so dialing it back, really getting back to saying, hey, you know what? I'm just gonna try to do a little better. You know, the holidays are coming. Think back to the holidays, you know, last year. How did you do? Try to do a little bit better this year, whatever that looks like for you, right? Um, you know, just trying to pick one small thing to start with. Progress, not perfection. Okay, really focusing on that healthy mindset. Um, so that that is in a nutshell the four P's. So produce first, protein second, portions always, and progress, not perfection. Okay, so those are those four simple steps. Really easy to say, not always easy to do. <laughs> so how do we do it? Um, it's really about thinking about your meals just a little bit differently. Um, so I would encourage everybody right now, um, I'm gonna have you guys all do kind of your own little case study on yourself. Um, and how we do this is I'm gonna have everybody go grab a piece of paper. So if you don't have one in front of you, go grab a piece of paper. And I want you to take a minute and I want you to write down everything that you had to eat yesterday. Okay, so today's Thursday. Yesterday was Wednesday. So think about where you were. Were you working? Um, did you have anything going on at work? Any big meetings, conferences? Like, where were you? Um, what did you do last night? Um, and then think about what you ate. So start with breakfast. Did you eat breakfast? Write it down. Did you have any snacks? Did you have any coffee? Um, what was for lunch? Write it down. Okay. What about those afternoon snacks? You know, do you get that three o'clock lull and you're scrounging for sugar? <laughs> um, what did you have? What did you have when you got home from work? Did you have any late night snacks? Take a second, write everything down, okay? And then we're gonna walk ourselves backward through those four Ps. And we're gonna say, okay, go draw a circle around all your fruits and vegetables. How many servings of fruits and vegetables did you have? Okay, the minimum goal is five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. That's kind of the starting line. That's where we wanna start. So that would typically be two servings of fruit and three servings of vegetables. Okay, so take a look at your day. Did you get the minimum? Okay, and, and no judgment here. This is just kind of a self-evaluation. So see where you are, see where you stand up. If you're rocking it out of the park, awesome. You can definitely have more than that, um, but we want to shoot for at least at least the two fruits and three vegetables to get going. Okay. The next question would be, where is the protein? Is most of your protein at night? 
Did you have any protein at lunch? Did you have any protein at breakfast? What might that look like? Okay, a lot of people get hung up on the protein. So let's talk about some examples. So if you had breakfast and, or maybe you didn't, maybe you're not, a, you maybe skip breakfast because you're rushing out the door. We want to slow down for a second and grab something. It doesn't have to be crazy. Um, I love a good Greek yogurt because it really packs a punch protein wise. Um, so having a Greek yogurt that has, you know, 12, 15 grams of protein in it with some berries, throw some berries on top, mix it in. Um, there's your produce, right? Um, or grab a yogurt with a banana and you can eat them when you get to your desk at work in the morning. Um, something like that would be easy. Hard boiled eggs are another quick and easy option. They travel pretty well. So having some hard boiled eggs in the fridge, you can even buy them now at the grocery store, already hard boiled. So you don't even have to boil them yourself. <laughs> it doesn't get a lot easier than that. Um, if you have time, awesome, make yourself something. Scramble some eggs, throw some vegetables in there. I've got zucchini on the screen here with the chicken, but you could throw zucchini in, if you have leftover vegetables from dinner last night, any of this will go great with eggs. Throw it in with some eggs, make a little scramble. Um, oatmeal, if you're an oatmeal person or you just like having something like that with cereal in the morning, that's great. Those are wonderful whole grains, um, but we need to think about the produce and the protein, okay? So the one thing that I see a lot with, with cereal eaters is that they're hungry really fast because it's not as well balanced, okay? So they have that oatmeal, they're ready for another snack like an hour later. Okay, so we just wanna balance that a little bit better. So one option, um, actually I was just teaching a class this morning where somebody brought this up, is they're using that Fair Life milk um, with their oatmeal. So Fair Life milk, if you're not familiar, it's in the dairy case right next to your regular um, dairy milk, um, but they put it through an extra filtering process which helps remove about half of the lactose so it's considered a low lactose milk. So if you have trouble digesting um, lactose, this might be a better option for you. Um, but that process or that filtering helps concentrate the protein. So it has about double the protein and about half the amount of lactose. Um, that would be a great option to mix in with your oatmeal um, instead, of, instead of regular milk or instead of water. It's gonna give you, again, a little bit of a protein boost. Um, and then top it with some apples, add some bananas, you know, berries, whatever, get that produce in there to help up the volume and the fiber content of that meal. Again, that protein and that fiber are what's going to give that oatmeal the staying power. It's going to get you through till your, you know, mid-morning snack time, maybe around 1030-ish would be the goal. Okay, so those are some great breakfast ideas. When it comes to lunchtime, um, a ton of my clients just do leftovers, which is awesome. That works. Pack it up the night before. It's ready to go. You can just grab it in the morning and run. Um, salads are a great option too. So you can always throw together a salad with some leftover protein. Um, that works. On the screen here, I have a wrap. I'm a big lover of the flat out wraps. Um, a, they're Michigan made. Um, so supporting a small business. Um, but they're high fiber, higher protein, um, and they're pretty large. So you can roll up a bunch of stuff in there. So, um, they, they're naturally higher protein. So you can add some shredded chicken. I like to do like a, a Mediterranean style. So I'll do garbanzo beans as a protein. 
um, with a little bit of feta cheese and then a ton of vegetables, like a little Greek salad wrap. Um, you could do like a chicken Caesar wrap. You could do, I think this one is chicken and um, like a Havarti cheese, right? Whatever you like, um, but roll it up there. That's a quick and easy lunch option too. You just wanna make sure again, that there's some produce in there, okay? You're gonna, you gotta beef up that volume by adding some produce. Um, and then dinner can be, you know, whatever you like to eat for dinner. So again, we're just looking at portions. So making sure that you're starting with produce, make sure that there's some vegetables on that plate somewhere. Um, I have a lot of families that I work with that like to serve a, a vegetable and a fruit at dinner because their kids will, will gravitate towards that. Um, and, and that's great. That's a great option to have. Again, just get some produce in there um, and then your protein and your starch, whatever, you know, whatever you like is totally fine. There's a ton of great cookbooks and websites and things like that out there that I would love to share. If we have time today, maybe we can get into that as well. But a lot of great places that you can go to for some healthier recipes. Um, but we just really wanna think about, you know, what are those options? How can we get that in? Um, and with snacks too. Um, so snacks are a big one actually. So I always say start with produce for a snack. So bring an apple, bring a banana, grab some mandarins, whatever. Bring some, some little veggies um, packed up in a bag, you know, start with that produce. Produce by itself isn't going to get you a whole lot of staying power, right? So just having an apple, you know, it might last you an hour. But if you have two or three hours until you leave work for the day and go grab dinner, then you're going to need something a little bit more. So start with that produce and then add a second food group. So I would say protein, but it doesn't have to be. It could be produce with um, you know, maybe some popcorn or maybe some Triscuits or, um, you know, it could be the, you know, a mozzarella cheese stick or one of the little baby bell cheese, or maybe that's where your yogurt is. Maybe you save that yogurt for a snack um, with some fruit, but pair that produce with a second food group um, to give it a little bit more staying power. If you, if you have a longer period of time before your next meal, um, Nuts are also a great option. The serving size is just a little bit smaller. So grabbing some almonds, um, you know, mixing that with some raisins and a whole grain cereal, like a plain Cheerio, you can kind of make yourself up a little, a little balanced trail mix um, or something like that. But always start with produce when we're snacking and then add to it if you need to. Okay, anything I missed? Any other questions about just kind of those examples of what to eat when or questions around? I think that I think the examples were great um, and, and very helpful. What about when going out to eat or holidays or going to a friend's house? Like how, how do you mean how do you maintain that? Yeah. You, oh, have, you don't have control over what is, is being made. Right. So that's just the American culture, right? Everything we do is built around food. So every celebration <laughs> is going to include a meal, right? So um, number one, be gentle with yourself. This goes back to that progress mindset. You're just going to do the best you can given the situation. If you're going to a party or a friend's house or family's home, um, I always call and offer to bring something, um, but call with 
an idea of what you want to bring, don't ask them what you can bring because they might give you like, hey, make a cake, <laughs> you know, or something that you're like, oh, shoot, that didn't go as I, I had planned. Um, instead, call and say, hey, I'd love to bring a fruit tray um, as an appetizer, or I'd love to bring some veggies and this hummus that I found, or I'd love to bring, you know, a salad to go with dinner or whatever. So call and offer to bring something that is going to help balance that meal out a little bit more. Um, another way to do it is call and ask what they're making, and then you can kind of offer to bring something that helps fill in some of those gaps. Um, so I find that that works well and it gives you a little bit more control um, over the food choices. Obviously, you're not always going to get that. So in those situations, it really comes back to portion control and just doing the best you can, right? And realize too that one meal isn't going to set you back. One meal in the grand scheme of things is, is really nothing. Um, as long as, as soon as you get home, you know, you tell yourself, hey, okay, I'm just going to get myself back on track at the next meal. And I think that's the cool thing about eating is that we're hungry about every three to four hours. So, so if you go and you have a, you know, you go out to lunch with friends and it didn't go as well as planned, well, you're going to have another opportunity to get back on track in another few hours. So take that opportunity um, and just do the best you can. Did that help answer your question? It did. Thank you. Good. Good. Um, so the last slide here is, and, and just kind of a question to ponder is, you know, we don't live in a culture, we talked about this a couple of times today now, that exudes health, right? Or that makes the healthy choice the easier choice. We have to constantly be thinking about how can we make the healthy choice the easier choice? We really have to be ahead of that, ahead of the game um, and thinking about it and in planning it. Um, because if we just live in our culture, it really is a culture of not the healthiest choices, right? It's convenience food, it's highly processed food, and it's inactivity. And so we have to kind of be on the active side of that and say, okay, well, what can I do to make the healthier choice an easier choice for me so that it doesn't always feel like a lot of work? And a lot of that from a food standpoint comes from convenience. So I would argue that it's worth an extra buck or two to buy the vegetables already prepped. Because if you know, if you have that in your brain, it's gonna be so much easier for me just to throw together a stir fry when I get home at night because I've got a bag of stir fry vegetables. I don't have to chop or wash anything. I just throw it in the pan. That might get you over that hump of stopping at, a, at McDonald's or at another fast food place on your way home, knowing that you have an easier option waiting for you that's healthier, right? Um, make your own veggie tray or buy a veggie tray, right? To make those grabbing or making those snacks a little bit easier. Um, these little salad kits from Kroger, I'm sure most grocery stores have them. Um, I love them. It's already done for you. And the toppings are all separated out. So you can add what you want or how much of it that you want that's healthy for you. Um, so instead of you know, running out to Panera to buy a salad, you can get one of these from Kroger for probably about half the cost, but it's the same ease, right? It's already done. It's already made for you. Um, so looking for those convenience items that are healthy, that make that 
healthy choice, the easier choice. Um, so that's what I will leave you with. If there are any other questions, I can take those. Um, but that was it for my slides. Thank, thank you so much. It, you know, it's not rocket science. It, 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 everything you said makes sense. And we've heard it in different ways from different um, avenues, I guess. Um, but having it so concise in the, here's the top four things you need to remember. Because otherwise it's like, don't have this, but do this. Don't do this, but have that. And don't eat carbs, eat carbs, don't eat fat, eat fat. Like <laughs> you, you really took a lot of the guessing out of what is in the mainstream media right now. Oh, good, good. That, and that was, is the whole point of the four P's is just to make it easy, easy to digest and easy to implement. Um, and, and, and that process it, and would be really easy for our other healthcare professionals, you know, our physicians and our nurses in the office that's, that's working with patients to say, listen, he, here's how to keep it really simple. Here's the four P's and a, a, start, a starting point. And obviously, you know, they implement that, you know, if somebody's on a weight loss journey, they're going to hit a plateau and something else needs to be changed or modified or whatnot, but it's a starting point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I've found too, is with most um, chronic diseases, the, the four P's still fit, right? Some of them might need to be modified slightly, but it's still the same idea. Um, so it really does fit in many, many different situations. That's wonderful. Again, thank you so much for being here with us today. Today's presentation yeah. is for continuing medical education or CME credit. If participating in the live uh, presentation, you would go to cmetracker.net slash MSU. MSU does need to be capitalized and the activity code is 91320. Um, again, thank you so much and uh, everybody have a great day. Thank you so much.